Hey everybody, I'm Jason, your host of Let Freedom Reign, an equine industry leading podcast that talks to folks from all different walks of life who share their testimony of adversities and perseverance and how the horse has helped them through their journey. Stay tuned. We're going to have a great time. Come along for the ride. Welcome everybody to another week here at Let Freedom Reign podcast. This week we feature the second of a two-part episode with Josh Sly of Truth Saddlery. Now before listening to this episode, if you have not already, go back and listen to episode number one. Josh goes through some great information about the saddle making process and what goes into your custom build. And this week we wrap things up with the second half of the episode. And again, I want to avail myself as a resource. I personally ride Truth Saddles. I think they're one of the best kept secrets in the Western industry. And should you have any questions, please reach out on social media. I'd be happy to answer any and all questions I can and help you get into a Truth Saddle. Now, should you find the content of this episode valuable, please share it with a friend. Additionally, your five-star ratings and reviews on the podcast platform of your choice would mean the world to us. You can find us on both Facebook and Instagram under Let Freedom Reign Podcast. I hate to keep you all waiting any longer. Here's episode number two with Josh Sly. He wants you to answer the phone when he calls. And so I said, about what? He wants you to work for him. That's what Jet told me. I'm like, hey, no way. That's the top. That's the pinnacle of rodeo. That's Trevor Brazil. You don't go from, I'm a rookie, to two years in, you're at the top. That doesn't happen. And he's like, I'm just telling you right now, you better be prepared to answer when that phone rings. And so I flew home from the Northwest. Uh, everybody stays in a, in a camp up there at Ellensburg at the, at the reps place. It's called the West Star Ranch. And I flew home from the West Star Ranch and Trevor sent his driver at the time to drive me to the airport so I could go home. And anyway, I flew home and I was home for about maybe a week and the phone rings and it's a Texas number and I answer it because it's got to be somebody. It's Trevor. Oh, geez. I said, I said, what can I do for you? He said, man, would you fly back out here and drive a rig to, to Texas for me and take some horses down there from Pialop, take them home and then pick me and Patrick up at Abilene, take us to Abilene rodeo. And, and I mean, same deal, like the same shock of what it was like when Jake Barnes asked me to, I was, I, I bought myself some time. I said, I got to talk to my wife and I'll call you back. <laughs> so I get off the phone <laughs> I get done with the fist bumping and the high fiving because nobody was there. It was just me. And I call him back and I'm like, yeah, when do you need it done? He's like, I need, I need it done Friday. So I fly back out there to Pialop and get his truck and trailer and drive him to Decatur, Texas. And then I'm just at his place for two days. I'm at Trevor Brazil's house for two days by myself. Like he gives me the key, the, the code to the back door of the house. And he's like, just sleep in the upstairs bedroom. I'm like, this is a shrine to what rodeo is all about. I've never even been here. Now I'm sleeping on his couch, basically. Yeah. And uh, I help him there. They're right there at the end of the season for two weeks. I help him. And then I've, uh, through all this time, I'm hunting in South Dakota in the falls. And so I'm in South Dakota in two months later hunting. And Drew Horner makes the NFR and calls me and asks if I want to go to the NFR and help him. And, and I had kind of talked to Trevor about working for him a little bit. And I said, man, I got to make a phone call before I can, can do that. Cause I don't want to step on any toes. And so I called Trevor in this is, so this is like November, 
November 1st, maybe October, end of October, 1st of November of 2013, the NFR is one month away. And I said, hey, Trevor, I said, I know, you know, I've talked about me maybe coming down and working for you next year. Um, Drew Horner called me and he made the NFR. Wanted to know if I'd go to the NFR and help him take care of his horses and this and that. And, and I can remember him saying, in no uncertain terms, he said, if you're going to the NFR, you're going with me. And I said, <laughs> I said, good enough. Uh, I'm going to let you take care of that. Yeah. He said, let me make a few phone calls and I'll call you back. So Trevor makes a few phone calls and he calls me back. He said, it's set. He said, you're going to go to the NFR with me and my guy's going to go with Drew and it's all taken care of. And I said, so what's the plan? He said, I'll see you in Texas the day after Thanksgiving. And we talked in the middle of there, but so the day after Thanksgiving of 2013, I flew down to Dallas and Trevor picked me up at the airport and we went to a place there in town and he picked up some of his sponsor shirts. And the next day I was headed to the NFR with seven of Trevor Brazil's horses in his truck and trailer. And, I'd never been to the NFR in that capacity. I'd never been to the biggest rodeo of the year taking care of horses for the king of the cowboys, as you would say. Yeah. And so I was, I mean, first of all, I was on some serious anxiety meds. Maybe I should have been (laughs) because it's like, (laughs) you know, when you get there, oh, when you get there, it's like, what do you do? I mean, I'm in Las Vegas. I'm taking care of horses. That's this, there's practice, there's this. I mean, there's things going every which direction. And he's out of pocket because he's so busy with what he does. Yeah. And so yeah. I just have to make make the best decisions I can, do the best I can with the knowledge I have in front of me. And so about three or four days into that deal, I text I text him early in the morning. I'm like, man, I gotta talk to you because this is this is like a whirlwind. We hadn't even made it to round one yet. And I'm, I'm, I'm about to stroke out. And so I go up there and, you know, he stays in the very top of the MGM grand in the biggest room at the end of the, of the wing. And when I walk in the room, he's looking out over all of Las Vegas with a cup of coffee. And he's like, what can I do for you? Slack? I'm like, I'm freaking out, man. Um, don't know if I'm doing a good job. I don't, it's not like rodeo where you and I are in the truck together or whatever. I said, I'm by myself in Las Vegas and I got all this. And he's like, look, I brought you out here because I know you're going to try as hard as anyone to get it right. And you're my guy. So just relax and do what you know how to do and we'll be fine. And so we made it through 10 days of NFR with no problems. Ended up, you know, obviously we won the all around. I think we ended up second in the tie down standings and maybe, you know, second or third in the team rope. And he was roping and he was roping with Patrick, you know, and so like a lot of stuff happened. But anyway, so from the NFR of 2013 until November of 2015, I worked for Trevor Brazil. I was his guy. And so I tell people stories and I try not to drop names because I don't want to use him for my platform but i've i've had some people that i do business with and finally i had a lady that i had taught her kid in some roping schools and i she finally asked me one day she said how do you know so much about trevor brazil you talk about him like you know it and i finally said well i slept on his couch for two and a half years yeah. 
So I kind of do know him. Yeah, you get to know somebody. And that's what I think and, the greatest blessing is in the Western world is that these athletes that are at the absolute top of their game, right? They're in essence celebrities in the rodeo world. How humble, how accessible, um, how kind a lot of them are and willing to give back. It's just, it's not like any other sport. You can't do that with football players or basketball players or baseball players, right? And for guys of these caliber that you've described throughout this conversation, right, to turn around and basically pour into a guy that was a plumber two years before, three years before, and now support and drive and push you in their industry, I mean, it just it speaks volumes to the quality of people that they, they are. Oh, without a doubt. And to this day. I mean, yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't pull those tra- chains very often, but you know, we were in Decatur for a rodeo in March. And my kids had lived at Trevor's house and they hadn't been back there since they moved back to Kansas. And I texted him and said, Hey, the kids want to come over. He said, come on. You know, we're at the, we're in the precipice of COVID-19 and coronavirus quarantine. And Trevor's like, yeah, bring them on. Let's do it. You know, so we go over there and hang out for the day with Trevor and, like it's a huge treat. Like I took pictures, which is not something that I normally did because it just I was so used to it. But like for my kids and for later on, yeah. for them to say, yeah. "Hey, we hung out That's at right. Trevor's house." That's right. That's you right. Know, but all of that stuff, all of those connections, and all of the time that I spent even with him, taught me so much in the Western world about how things work. That now I'm bringing that forward into Truth Salary and what I learned from him about how to deal with people, how you deal with the consumer, because, you know, he has the relentless brand. And, and so dealing with consumers is something that maybe not everybody knows it, but he still does. He's marketing a product to the world. And so I learned from sitting beside him and listening to him talk like, Hey, people don't have all the education. So you got to give them the information that they need and help them. You got to guide them in the right direction. That, and that, that's been a big deal. It's true, and and I think I want to provide that educational component right now, and I want to talk about the saddle build process with Truth, and maybe if you don't mind, we can kind of use your saddle building process to not only wrap this up, right, and tell people what your saddle's about and why this journey that you've traveled means so much to you and your saddle, but also explain to folks how the process goes, right? If somebody was in the market, and and they start with that first phone call to Truth Saddlery. Uh, uh, where do we go from call number one to to sitting in a Truth Saddle? Well, that's simple. Call number one is going to get you in touch with me right now because I'm the guy. I'm the guy that the initial contact through sales is going to come to me. It's either a text message or a phone call. And so I'm going to ask you a few basic questions. And the basic question is, what event are we doing? You know, what's your, you know, what is your level of competition? How often and how, and how much? And, and then where do you want to be with your saddle as far? And, and the million dollar question is always, this, I mean, how much do you want to invest in your saddle? What price range do you want to be in? What is your, your long-term goal with your saddle? You want it to last a lifetime. You just want it to last till the next one. And so we can, you know, truth has options we build saddles in several different lines and each line has better quality of materials better quality of craftsmanship and and each and with that it's just like buying a pickup i tell everybody all the time you can go on the ford dealership and you can go on the lot and they can have three or four ford pickups sitting side by side by side 
the bottom, you know, the framework, the drivetrain, the engine is all the same. It's when you start adding features and options that that's how you go from an XLT to a Lariat to a King Ranch. And that's the same as our saddles. You know, we build a qualifier line that's our entry level saddle. We build a pro line, which is a step up from that, a little bit better craftsmanship, a little bit better uh, materials put into that, a little bit more attention to detail. And then we build a legacy saddle. And the legacy saddle is just what the name suggests. It's a legacy. And when you build that legacy saddle, you pour your people that I find people that build legacy saddles, pour their heart and soul into that saddle because it's not just going to be a tool. It's also going to show who they are, their personality, what's important to them in life. And, and so we market that legacy saddle as leaving a legacy behind you. And I, and I went through that process. The legacy saddle is the process that I went through when I first came to truth and in October of 2016, I sat down at the office in Las Cruces. I just happened to be driving through there and I called him and I said, Hey, I want to build a saddle and I'd like to come to the office. And just so happens at that time they were at the office. And so they said, come on by. And so I stopped in there and I said, I really want to build a saddle and it may be the only saddle that I ever designed for me. And I've got a lot of things rolling around in my mind because of, where I was at in my life, where I had been, I'd been on the road and I wanted to give tribute to the people that had given me the opportunity, the people that I had spent time with, the men that had poured into me and into my faith. But I also wanted to put my family into the saddle. And I, you know, so that's what I tell everybody about my saddle. My saddle is the combination of my faith, my family and my friends. And it all comes out in, in a tool that I can use for my passion. And so, in my saddle, the first thing that I knew that I wanted was I wanted my kids' names tooled into the tooling of the saddle and not not stamped. I didn't want it to look like a trophy saddle. I wanted yeah, it to be yeah. part of the tooling. And so I told them, I said, I want it tooled in there and I want it to be hidden in the tooling, but a, that you can pick it out. And my kids, you know, and I have four children with the anticipation of having a fifth one. And so I, I put five names on my saddle. On my, on my right stirrup fender is my daughters, my two oldest daughters, Cadence and Channing. On my left stirrup fender is my oldest son is Colby. And then the name that we have picked out for our fifth child is Maddox. And so that's on, on my right or on my left stirrup fender. And on the corners, the rear jockeys on both sides is my youngest daughter at this, at this time, Madison. And she's on both sides. So she, everybody gets a little bit upset with her. She's on there twice, (laughs) but but even before I got to that, I wanted a Jake Barnes team roper, and they were designing the Jake Barnes tree at the time. And so I told the people at Truth, and this was before I was a salesman, I said, I want the first tree that you build that's a Jake Barnes team roper that doesn't get made into a saddle for Jake Barnes. And so if I was guessing, I had never asked Mike, I think I probably have the third Jake Barnes tree, the actual, the third one. Yeah. I think Jake got yeah. the first two saddles, and I got the third one. And so with that tree, and there's pictures of it on our website throughout the build process, I asked Jake if he would autograph that tree. And so the tree of my saddle is autographed by Jake Barnes. And then I asked the people at Truth to write several scriptures on there, their favorite scriptures, Jake Barnes's favorite scripture, 
Uh, and then the people at Truth, I asked them to write their scriptures on there. So there's, I think there's three or maybe four scriptures written on the tree, just the chapter and verse, not the entire scripture, on the tree of that saddle, which that's something that nobody will ever see. That saddle could be sitting on a stand in front of you and you wouldn't know. And the whole process of building that saddle, I, I had details in that saddle that nobody, if you just saw it, it would be a saddle. But if you know the details of it, it tells the story. And so I went from the tree to putting my kids' names in the tooling. And in, and in the course of that, I knew that I wanted to pay tribute to the men that I had rodeoed with. And that was Jake Barnes and Jet Johnson, Caleb Driggers and Travis Graves and Trevor Brazil and Patrick Smith. And so Gordy Alderson is a bit maker and, you know, he does a lot of – he builds hardware and stuff. And so I called Gordy and I said, I know I, I like your stuff and I – know that you have their brands. And I said, I would like for you to build me six separate conchos for my saddle with these six men's brands on them so I can put them on my saddle. And so there's six conchos on my saddle and each one of them is, is the brand of the men that I drove with or that I was in the truck with. And, and so that was another big deal for me. And then I had a horn cap built to go on the top of that saddle that has my wife and I's wedding, wedding verse on it. And so there's a horn cap with that. And then Truth always, you know, we, we like the Truth logo. We like to put it on the saddle and we like it to be seen in the world. And I told them in the process, they usually put that on the horn cap. And I said, well, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to put a horn cap on that saddle and it's going to cover that up. But I do want the Truth logo on there. And I said, Truth is the heart of what made this saddle happen. Truth is the centerpiece of what I want this saddle to speak for. And so I had, I said, I want you to tool the truth circle cross in the center of the swells below the horn on the seat side. I said, that's the heart of the saddle. The swells is the heart of the saddle. And that's what truth is. It's the heart of what this, this build is about. And so I, I don't know that anybody else has that in their saddle. It's a really unique deal that when you, if you look at my saddle, the truth circle cross is tooled right into the swells on the back, right below the one. It's yeah, the center yeah, of the saddle. Yeah. And, and then I knew I wanted Don oral stirrups because they're quality made stirrup, but I also knew that you could tool them or that you could carve them. Mm-hmm. And so when I called them and said, I want the circle cross carved into the Don oral stirrups, I said, but I need to put something in there for my wife and my savior. It's a double duty deal. I carved the circle cross into my stirrups and backgrounded it in purple, which purple is the color of kings in the Bible. Yep. And it's my wife's favorite color. And so throughout that saddle, there's so many touches in that saddle that speak to my faith, that speak to my friends and and speak to my passion. Yeah. It's just been, it was a tremendous deal. And, and then I, and then here's the part that gets everything. I never even asked him what the saddle cost. I said, you build this saddle for me and we'll go from there, which is totally opposite of what most people do. They're like, what's it going to cost? And through the, through the course of that, I've had, I had some of the same questions posed to me by friends and family. What happens if you get that saddle and it doesn't fit? What happens if you don't like it when it gets here? What if, what if, what if? And I said, I'll deal with it when it gets here. But I said, I can't imagine that they're going to sell me a saddle that's not going to be a good one. And so I do deal with that with some people on time to time. Like, what if I do this? What are you? I mean, and I understand that. And so it's hard. But when my saddle got there and, and then all of that, 
I said, when you get done with that saddle, I'd like you to send it to Jake Barnes and let him ride it. And I, and I called Jake and I said, Jake, would you break my saddle in for me and ride it? Tell me what you think about it. I mean, who, I, I tell everybody a, a little bit prideful. I'm like, who else could ask Jake Barnes to break in their <laughs> new saddle for him? Yeah. Yeah. And so I sent it to him and Jake rode that saddle from the time it was done until, I mean, I ordered it in October of 16 and I think Jake got his hands on it maybe January of 18. And he rode it from January till June of 2018. He did pop the horn cap off off it at one time and he called me and he was really worried. And I said, no problem, Jake, I can get another one built. Yeah. But, uh, uh, and when he brought it to me, I met him at the Coleman rodeo in Texas and, I remember my whole family was there. My kids were there. My wife was there and Jake and my saddle. And it was the perfect thing. Ryan Motes took a picture for me. So Ryan Motes always gets a shout out when I tell that part of the story. That's cool. I said, I said, Jake's brought my saddle to me. It's the first time I've ever laid my hands on it. I've seen it in pictures, but I said, uh, would you take a picture of, you know, my kids that are all tooled into the saddle with Jake Barnes, one of the, you know, one of the men that poured life into me. And my, my whole family, so I've got a picture of the day I got the saddle and Jake was there. And then I've had that saddle in a couple places now, and Trevor's autographed it for me, and Patrick's autographed it for me. And so the whole story about that saddle is it's just a, a tribute to my friends, my family, and my faith. And I did that in a legacy because that's exactly what it is. And just like anybody, I, I, I got that saddle home, and I'm like, this is a piece of artwork. I don't want it to get dirty. I don't want it. But now my son is 15 years old and decided that he wanted to learn how to rope about two months ago. And when I went to the barn, the only saddle that I had was that one yeah. for him to, for him to ride. Yeah. And I'm like, just get my good one. He's like, you swear? I'm like, yeah, it's just a saddle. I mean, there's a lot that went into it, but at the end of the day, it's still a tool. And so I've got to spend the last 60 days watching my son learn how to rope because he's never been a roper. And then in the last two weeks, I've got to watch him compete out of that saddle. And so that, that's where the legacy comes into it. And so at truth, we don't, st- I've only sold two legacy saddles in 30 or 45 days. I'm not, I'm not going to say we don't sell a lot of legacy saddles because there are legacy customers out there that they don't know their legacy customers until they call. And so when you start thinking about it, when we start saying, hey, this is what we can do, and we can put everything that is you into a saddle, and we can make it fit your horse. And people are like, you swear? I'm like, I would yes. I say, which is an unbelievable it. combination. It don't happen. Yeah, nine times out of ten, when you get that saddle built, that is, it's a tribute to you and who you are as a person and where your journey is and what you've done. It doesn't fit your horse. I would say nine out of ten. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe I'm maybe I'm misspeaking there. But that's why I think truth is the most under underrated, unknown saddle company in the Western sports industry right now. Because sure enough, you can buy a saddle from any you know pick a. I mean, throw a dart at a board that has every saddle maker out there. Every anybody can build you a good saddle. Anybody can build you a great saddle. But I'm telling you right now, when you call truth, first of all, to my knowledge, there's only about five or six people in the office or what I would say the office. And I'm doing finger quotes here because I'm in Louisiana. They're in Las Cruces. One's in Wyoming. You know, sometimes 
you know, Mike is in Hobbs, New Mexico or wherever. So you, when you call the office, you get me and I'm in Shreveport. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there ain't but five or six of us and we're putting it together and you get somebody. And, and when you call, you get me. If you text, you get me as far as sales. Now you can get to, to people in the office for small leather goods or customer services. Not always me, but sometimes you get me. But we care about it. Not only do we want to sell you a saddle because we enjoy putting our saddle. I, I enjoy putting a true saddle into somebody's hands. And one of the things that I say all the time when I text somebody or I'm calling them is tell me how I can get you started on your first truth and becoming a part of our family. Because that's what it is right now. Right now, it's a family. When you buy a true saddle, you're being you're being put into a family. And I'm not saying you don't get that with other saddle makers, but I'm saying that with truth, that's where you're at. And, you know, when we invest the time in doing a fit kit, you know, when putting that to rest and saying, hey, this, this is our belief that this tree is going to fit your horse as closely as possible with the best comfort. And then we go into the steps three, four, five of you and I getting through the gallery of the saddles that we built and you saying, I like this seat. I like this tooling. I love those stirrups. I like this skirt shape. You you bring me all those pictures, and I put all those pictures together, and I put notes with them, and I put them into an order form, and I send it in. And the end result of that is, is you and I have designed the saddle based off of 10 or 12 other custom saddles. And the saddle that we designed for you is your saddle. It's a one-of-a-kind saddle. Just like when people send me a picture of my saddle and say, I would like to build one that looks like this. And I tell them, I can get you close to that, but it's not going to be 100% that one because here's the story behind that saddle. I need the story behind your saddle. What makes you, you know, what makes you want to be riding that particular saddle? And I had a lady send me my saddle and wanted to build it into a tie-down roper for her 13-year-old son. I said, I would love to build your son that saddle in a tie-down roper. I said, tell me something about your son. Who's his favorite tie-down roper? He said his favorite tie-down roper is Trevor Brazil. I said, the funny story is I have a connection to Trevor Brazil. I might know a guy. <laughs> yeah. And so I went into my barn, and I, th- this was before the lady knew that she'd sent me a picture of my saddle. And so I sent her a video, and I said, the saddle that you sent me a picture of, this is what it looks like today. And then I pulled the re- – I said – and then I – brought my phone around and showed the rear concho and I said, and that's Trevor Brazil's brand on the, you know, the left back corner of that saddle. And then I pulled the rear uh, jockey up and I said, and that's Trevor Brazil's autograph on the bottom of that saddle. And then just down below that, I've got a rope can that he gave me as a gift earlier this year. I was at his house and he gave me a rope can. It's got his name on it. And he said, just use this rope can if you're going for the big money. So you, Get, get them all nervous. That's what he said. <laughs> and I said, so Trevor Brazil's kind of one of my favorite guys too. <clears throat> and uh, I said, so I would love to build you a saddle, especially one that looks like mine to go to a kid whose hero is Trevor Brazil. And so we, we put her in a pro line saddle and we changed a couple things on that saddle. It's unique to her or to her son. going to have his name on it, but it's going to look a lot like mine. And ride a lot like mine, but it's going to be Hayden's saddle. Yeah. And so that's been that's been the the joy of the journey in building saddles for people is you know you start talking to them and you start asking them what do you need out of the saddle, what do you want out of the saddle, 
and where are we headed? And sometimes it's sometimes it's easy. I had a guy call me the other day. He said, I want a basic rough out with a square skirt, no strings. I want my name on the back of the candle, and I want it this seat size. And I mean, it was a 30-minute deal. Got him a saddle. But now I've got a lady that I've been talking to since the 6th of June that's a customer in California that I'm, I'm a week out from putting her order in just because she's started out like she wanted a certain saddle, but she was worried about the fit. So I said, Hey, look, the best thing you can do is get a fit kit. Yeah. 200 bucks. And easy insurance. And then now we do that. We, we do that. Uh, we're doing a program with a fit kit. If you buy a fit kit from us, it's 200 bucks. And then it, at the end of that deal, if you order a saddle from us in a qualifier pro line, in a qualifier or pro line, we credit you a hundred of that back towards your saddle. So then the fit kit, then your insurance policy, quote unquote, yeah. was a hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, if you buy a legacy saddle, we give you the two hundred back. And and so there again, it's not a guaranteed fit, but it's peace of mind knowing that you've done everything you can. Yeah. And then we set that, and and then also we set that with any tree, you know. If we don't have a tree sitting in our shop that will fit that fit kit, Precision Trees will get us a tree. We can build a tree, a custom tree if we have to. And the custom tree adds $165 to a saddle. But we're talking about a, you know, a $2,500 to $3,500 saddle at $165 for a custom tree doesn't seem like it's out of line. If Not you want one single guarantee. bit. Not one single if bit. You, if you want a fit that you know you've done everything you can. Yeah, yeah. And so the the process of building this saddle, it seems like it would be overwhelming, but I try to streamline it and I try to make it as easy as possible and get people, you know, here's an album of 400 saddles that we've built. Look through there and tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. You know, here's what we can do for hardware. Here's what we can do for rigging. Here's what we can do for seat. It's a, you know, when you start breaking a saddle down to its parts and pieces, the build process is actually not that difficult. I'll tell you what, man, all, that, that, all of that was my experience. You know, I never felt like I was, when I very first started with Truth, uh, never felt that I was getting sold anything. There was a genuine investment in me and my story and my goal and what I want out of the product. And through those many conversations, we were able to put together a pretty darn good saddle and uh i ride it i've ridden it for hours and hours and hours and hours and on end and you don't get sore you don't get stiff uh it does well for the horse and it's just it's an incredible opportunity to to build a relatively specific product for an individual and their horse and it's people that love the sport that love the animals that love the process uh i i couldn't see myself riding another saddle ever I mean, they, they've just, truth is always done right by me and, and the product speaks for itself, you know, and in closing, as I wrap every conversation, uh, I usually ask a question around freedom, right? So in your personal or professional experience, you know, what is something, what is a challenge that you've had to face? How did you overcome it? And what would you share with somebody who might be faced with a similar challenge in their life? I'm going to tell you the truth in advertising. The biggest challenge that I've experienced in my personal life uh, since my whole journey began is going through a divorce. And I, I mean, as far as in the freedom 
like I told you at the beginning of this, you never know where your life's headed. Yeah. And, and so going through that particular part of my life and trying to maintain who I am as a person where, you know, you start to question yourself. And as, as far as true salary is concerned, I mean, faith, we are a faith-based company. We are people that are based in faith. And so I can remember going through that process and questioning my faith at times and questioning what's going on and what did I do wrong or what did I not do? And sometimes you don't have the opportunity to get that answer. And that is the way, the reason I say that is because it's never, it's not a matter of what you did wrong. It's not a matter of what you did right. It's just, just your story that's in front of you. And we all know in faith that, our story was written long before we were ever a thought, you know, yeah. God knows, he yeah. knows everything about your life. He knows every decision you're going to make. He knows where you're headed. And, and you're so one of the things that helped me come through that was I sat down with Al Bach at a table one time in Dodge city, Kansas. And I was really struggling. And I said, Al, I said, why is this such a difficult path for me? And how do I make it down this path? And Al, I can remember Al saying, he said, it's easy, Sly. He said, if it's God's will, there will be provision. And it says that in the Bible. And he quoted the scripture, the chapter and verse. And, and he said, and I'm going to tell you one other thing. When you wake up every morning and you, you're out here with your friends and, you, and your rodeo family, and some of them are a little bit shocked as to what you're going through. Some of them are a little concerned that, this is the path you're on. He said, you got to understand God's not surprised as to where you're at. The, what's going on in your life is something that he planned for. Now he may not have made those decisions for you or put those, you know, he knew it was going to happen. And so as far as the freedom, I mean, you just got to keep one thing I tell my kids every day. The biggest thing, our ranch at, at our place is called the Slash S, and, that, and that's our place. Our family is the Slash S, and it, it makes my heart explode when my four-year-old daughter says, we are the Slash S. One thing that I tell those kids, win, lose, or draw, we always keep moving forward. You know, you keep your eyes up, you keep moving forward, and you keep moving forward in faith. Because at the end of the day, your faith is all that's going to be there. And I learned that from being around the guys rodeo, you know, play yeah, O'Brien Cooper absolutely. is a man that I tell everybody play doesn't clay can ride into the arena and win the world title or he can fall off his horse and his person, his demeanor, the way he carries himself never changes. And it took me, some time of being around those people or especially being around clay to understand why he didn't change. And the end result of that is because he knows the end game. His faith is so strong that roping doesn't affect him that his horse fell down at Pendleton one year and he didn't get a chance to place. And he rode out of the arena, the same man that rode in there with an opportunity to win. And it's because the end game has nothing to do with winning or losing world titles. It's, it's about your faith and, and who you are and, and what you convey to the world. And so that always moving forward and having a positive attitude and knowing that if it's a trial today, it's a victory tomorrow. 
you know, and that's where we're at. I'm like, I, I don't get worked up over it. My son last night, I had a perfect example of this last night. We were trying to hustle around here at the Little Bridges deal, and they got a the girls had a barrel racing and a pole bending jackpot. My son wanted to put his name down in the team roping jackpot, and they were all happening at the same time, and we're sharing horses, and it was a hustle. And I sent my son down there. I said, get down there and see if you can get our name down in the team roping jackpot. Well, we missed the books. We didn't get our name down. And uh, he came back. And he was sad. And I knew he was going to be sad. And I texted him and said, hey, don't sweat the small stuff. There's another jackpot tomorrow. As a matter of fact, there's two more jackpots tomorrow. And so I just, I'm trying to teach my children that a small disappointment today could turn into a, a large reward tomorrow or the next day. And you, and then those things, like my wife and I have lived through some stuff. We've lost a horse that was a, a true asset to our family. And, and I sent her a picture one day, and it was a picture of Jesus. I had his hand out to a little girl and a little girl holding the teddy bear. Yeah. And behind Jesus' back, he had a much bigger teddy bear. And so that picture said to me that just because Jesus is asking you to sacrifice something today doesn't mean he doesn't have something better for you. And and so we've been through some of those things. And I mean, so we've got, my wife's got a new horse now and I tell her all the time, I said, that's your big teddy bear. You know, and that, and that was me. Like I went through that divorce and I met my wife and, and I'm no longer a plumber. You know, I, now we're living in the rodeo life. I mean, we've got 13 horses and we're rodeoing with our children and we have the means to do that for them. And so at the time when my marriage was failing and I thought I was, you know, and the word we don't use at our house is failure. Mm -hmm. I thought I was a failure as a husband and as a father and as a man. And that I thought my friends, Jake Barnes and Trevor, I thought all the men would be disappointed in me because I had, that wasn't the case. Those men rallied behind me. They, they lifted me up and they, and they talked to me through that. But I mean, at that time, and I thought I was a failure now it's five years later and I look at where I'm at, you know, and I'm at the little bridges finals with my 13 year old daughter who never rode a horse until a year ago. And she qualified. And I'm thinking, man, I hate, I hate to say that my ex-wife was a small teddy bear, but in my mind, it's like, you know, something transitioned for me and I had to move forward. I had to live in faith and I, I'm not, I have a better life now. I have the life that I've worked for and I have the opportunities to do things. And it all stems from a phone call in April of 2012. And eight years later, the path and the journey that's behind me has some, some dark spots. It has some places that I wouldn't wish on anybody. It has some serious fear, but I've grown through it, and and I think that's why now was the perfect time for True Salary to call me and say, hey, we want you on our team. And I tell Mike, I've told him several times, I'm like, I wasn't ready to be on your team three years ago. Yeah, I yeah. wasn't prepared to be who I can be for you now until now. And so it's, and that's something we got to look for is everything happens in God's perfect timing. And we don't always understand that timing, 
we don't always understand how we got to that place and what we're and how to move forward but you can't see what's around the curve and that's that's the part about living in faith i can't see around the curve and your life is on a continual curve because that's the way it's designed if you could see where you were headed sometimes you lose focus but if you're looking around the curve trying to like what's coming next what's coming next it keeps you moving forward in faith and so that this was the curve this was a curveball in may can you sell saddles I think I can. Yeah, let's give it a shot. Well, let's see. And so, and the first meeting we had as a team, I said, I want to sell 10 saddles this month. That's what I said out loud. I said, I want to sell 10 saddles this month. I sent invoices in for 35 saddles the first month I sold saddles. Dang. And I've told them all this week, I've probably sold five saddles this week that I haven't sent invoices in just because I hadn't had the time to sit down and put them in, but... I sent an invoice in yesterday and it was number 48 and I, and July 22nd will be 60 days for me and I'm at 48. And so I know I've got four or five, so I'm going to be over 50 saddles by the time I get done with two months. So 25 saddles a month when my goal was I'm going to sell 10, you know, and I hadn't even got, I hadn't even got to the point where I want to be like, I need to go get the trailer. And I wanted to be set up with the trailer here at the Little Bridges Finals and next week at the high school finals. And I wanted to set up for the BFI. And I told Mike, I said, I promise you, you give me 10 saddles and a trailer and a place to sell them, I can sell them. Yeah. Because yeah. I, j- just like this conversation with you, when I start talking about it, and I prayed this morning before I got out of bed, and I set my alarm because I knew I didn't want to be late. And I, <laughs> when I first woke up, you know, my the first thought in my mind was, Lord, Put the words in my mouth that need to be spoke today for this, because I've never done an interview. Yeah. I've never been put in this in this position before. And so I wanted to, to have clarity of thought. I wanted to be able to articulate those thoughts so that somebody listening to this podcast can say, hey, I want to buy a saddle from them, you know. And it's true, man. And in. And and I preface this with every company that I speak with, right? When I have featured products or companies on, right? It's not a sales pitch. I don't want it to be a sales pitch. Don't even come close to making it a sales pitch, right? In every company that I deal with, right? There's a vetting process that goes along and I know there are values aligned going into it, which reduces the chance of that sales pitch, you know, but it's an educational opportunity, right? And, and... I think the greatest benefit with with working in the Truth Salary family is just that, right? It's support, it's education. There's not bias. There's going to be fears in the saddle purchase process. I had those same exact fears that you talked about, right? Man, I'm spending a lot of time and money and effort putting this thing together. And what happens when it gets here and it doesn't work? What happens if right. it falls on its face? It was my first interaction with Truth. I didn't know nothing about them. What happens when... Everything that we talked about and everything that I put money into as an investment, that box shows up and it is not even close. Where do we go from there, right? Fortunately for me, I never had to experience any of that. What we designed and what we drew up came to be and and, and is an amazing product, but it's it's an experience like you talked about, right? You're, you're, you as a consumer are welcome. Ask all the tough questions, right? You might get answers that you don't think are popular. You are going to get honest answers. And, and what I tell people, if you want to talk about all the variables 
they go into a saddle making process for that quote unquote perfect fit that does not exist and will never exist. I mean, there's hundreds, thousands of variables that go into it, right? To get right. that that perfect fit. But I tell people you're chasing Bigfoot. There, it, it just will not happen. But what will happen is you are going to be put in a saddle that is good for you, that is good for your horse. It will maintain your horse's health. It will maintain your ability to ride and, and keep you comfortable. And and whatever you dream can be done. It's It's been proven a thousand times over in the catalog of saddles that have been built. And uh, that's why I wanted to have truth on. That's why I wanted to have this conversation with you is, is to, to prove to people, you know, if you take a chance on truth, if you're willing to make that commitment, not only to yourself, but to your horse, truth saddlery will 100% support you through that process through and through. And I, and I, I challenge any listener out there, you know, who's listened to this show, please reach out to me. You know how to get a hold of me via social media. I'll answer any and all questions that you have. Obviously, Josh has made himself available as a resource, and he will be the man you talk to when you decide to make that jump. But uh, it is a process. Truth gets to know you, the consumer. Um, it's more than just selling a saddle, right? It's way more and way more purposeful than just selling a saddle. You know, just to touch on that, and I'm that being available. And that's something like we've gone back and forth on that. My favorite thing to tell a customer when they get me on the phone or is this, if you call the truth line and you get me this, you're getting me on my cell phone Yeah. no matter where I'm at. And so I tell them, I'm like, this is the phone my grandma calls me on. This is the phone my kids call me on. If you call this phone, you're going to get a hold of somebody and, and text it. I may not get with you right then, but I'm going to get back to you yeah, because yeah. I'm, I don't want to miss that connection because every, every person that calls the truth line, they've got their own story. They want to tell yeah. they they, they came to truth because they like what we believe in. They were like what we stand for and they've got a story to tell. And, and those, I don't want to miss that story. I want to hear that story. And then I want to, you know, but I don't want to sell them a saddle just because, hey, we need to put saddles out there. And when I, I want to sell them the saddle because they want that saddle to come from us so they have that story to tell. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Well, Josh, I'll tell you what. Uh, it's been a great conversation. It's been great getting to know you. Uh, I thank you for all that you're doing and representing truth and, and helping getting the brand out there. Uh, if there's anything that we can support you know, you and your endeavors in, please do not hesitate to reach out. And uh, I cannot thank you enough for making time for everybody here at Let Freedom Reign Podcast and sharing your testimony and help educating us a little bit about the true saddlery process and getting a saddle built. Oh, I love it. I was thankful for the opportunity. And and the first time Mike asked me about this, I'm like, let's do it this week. And I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. been that's been a month ago, but I, yeah. I, that's my, I told him when he asked me about selling saddles, it was about two weeks before he kind of got back to me. Yeah. I texted him one day and I said, hey, Mike. I said, when I climb the ladder to the, th the top of the high dive, I'm jumping whether the pool yeah. has water in it or yeah. not. So, let's go. I mean, that's how I am. Like when, yeah. I, when you ask me to do something, I'm your guy. Let's do it today. Today's it. good for me. I love it. <laughs> All right, brother. We wish you the best. And uh, this is the first of many conversations for us. Perfect. Perfect. All right, man. I we'll look talk forward to, you later. to another one. Take care. Hey, thanks for riding along with another episode of Let Freedom Reign podcast and being part of our freedom family. If you want to provide greater support of this show, visit patreon.com forward slash let freedom reign podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash let freedom reign podcast. 
and Rain is spelled R-E-I-N. There you can provide a donation at a cost less than the fancy cup of coffee you're probably holding to help us produce free weekly content. For collaborations, to book us as a guest for your next event, or to make guest recommendations, email us at info.lfrpodcast at gmail.com. For the most up-to-date information on Let Freedom Reign, visit our Facebook and Instagram page at Let Freedom Reign Podcast. Additionally, you can find us on Twitter at Let Freedom Reign underscore. We cannot thank you enough for being our most loyal listeners, and we'll see you on the next one.